Gee, Steve, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every podcast. Tell them how we season. Here we go. It's uh, How We Seize It, episode 52. We're going to cover Ready Player One, both book and movie. Um, So this is going to be kind of our first uh, dual media um, coverage uh, on our podcast. Yeah, this is kind of exciting, too, because I think we've had this conversation before prior to podcast this is kind of one of the one of the conversations we had that inspired us to to do a podcast just because because yes. uh you know we've talked about this we we listened to the well i listened to it a couple of years ago on my way to vegas with with my wife and and uh, yeah well that was after i recommended it after yeah. i had listened to it and now i mean god almost it seems almost four or five years now i mean it was a while ago was it okay yeah, it was it was a while ago. Well, and, I had and, yeah. seen the I had seen the movie first, and I believe the movie came out in two thousand eighteen. So for me, really? it was, it was uh, okay. It seems so much longer. Well, ago. you I, didn't you read the book first? I did. Well, yeah, I had read the book before okay. the movie came out. So you might have uh, uh, might have been five years for you. Yeah, maybe. I thought I'd been poking at you. Well, you know, it was well, it was at least a year. I might have not have been that deep into it, but. I know as soon as I read it, I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. And, and uh, I was I just I love the book so much. And, and I know we, we had our, our discussions afterwards. Right. And so we'll get into that a little bit later. But how you been this week? What's going on with you? Um, finished my patio. That that's oh. kind of exciting. Uh, you, was, you, you laid all your brick, or your uh, you were doing stones, right? I did stone, uh, yeah, flagstone. Um, I got the uh, the grout. The, I used some gator uh, fill, you know, to fill the the cracks in between. Uh-huh. I, I I got it in about uh, about two days before the rain hit. So had a oh, chance, it, you know, it, it's supposed to be 24 hours before, before rain. <laughs> and, and I was a little nervous, but I went ahead and did it. And, and, uh, and then the rain I mean, came out, down pretty hard yesterday. So could uh, you, you could have just covered it with like a tarp or something though, right? I could have, but I just but so I didn't. it didn't get soaked. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> it's good. Throw caution to the wind, whatever. It's good. <laughs> um, but that's exciting. Cause that's been something that's been, uh, been uh, weighing on me for for a while now just that big hole in our backyard <laughs> right yeah no, so, I, know, I know that feeling we yeah. had that for a little bit too yeah no that's awesome so now now uh, now we just need to uh have covid go away so we could plan the big party so we don't get arrested by having more than four that's, people there that's right <laughs> <laughs> uh what so, about you what have you been up to uh not a whole lot working um uh not doing too much else than that i mean just kind of getting back into the things that i mean i had my uh um, not this last week, but the week before that, I had that uh, trip with some buddies of mine from high school where we went up to uh, a friend had a, a vacation home up on the lake. And uh, we just had a, a fabulous time. I brought up two kegs of beer that I, I had. That's brewed. great. Yeah. Um, and one of them was an 8.5% and we finished it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was uh, I was definitely drunk the first night for sure. Um, I, I pulled back a little bit after that, but we, we finished that keg and, and a little bit of the other one, and but we just had a blast. I mean, we hadn't seen each other all together probably in 15, 10 years, probably all of us together at least. And so it was really good. And these are guys that 
I mean, I've known since junior high and hung out with, or, you know, even lived with um, at different times throughout high school and just after high school. So, uh, yeah, we had a blast, talked about a ton of stuff, you know, the one thing I wish we would have da- had and it came up after was like, I wish we would have brought like a yearbook with us just, just so we, you know, our memories are not what they, you know, it's like <laughs> someone says a name and I'm like, fuck, I remember that. I, I can kind of picture, but you know, to have that little reminder would have been really cool. I we, remember we going, I remember going to my 20th high school in, uh, reunion and I, you know, there was a bunch of friends I, I remembered, but then there was one, there was one girl that was like staring at me like, don't you remember me? And I felt so lame. And like, yeah, part of me was like, I, you know, I want to, I wish. And then, and then like, <laughs> and then like an hour later it hit me and I remembered exactly who she was. It all came back and she didn't buy it. She's like, nope, nope. You had your chance. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> well, I, I'd be the same way I'm sure. And, and that's, and that's, you know, uh, well, that was funny is like, so after I got back, I went and looked at all my yearbooks. I sat down and, and I went all the way back to my eighth grade yearbook. So I had five of them and I just started flipping through and man, I was like, Oh damn, I forgot about that person. That person and I was like, damn, just it. But as soon as I saw him and the name, everything comes flooding back. But yeah, it's one of those, it's like, you need something to crack the door open to, to let that memory out. Um, not because you hide them for any reason. It's just, there's so much other crap piled in front of it, you know? Yeah. So, sure. So yeah, I had a ton of fun. It was, it was good. So, um, definitely want to do that more often just just visit with some people that you know i, I need to visit and call people more so that, that was that was my wasn't this last week but you know i was i was still kind of recovering a little bit i guess from that <laughs> so cool all right before we get into this uh right we're going to be doing ready player one uh the book what uh, came out in 2011 right and this was a uh a novel by ernest klein um and then in 2018 they did a movie which was directed by uh, Spielberg. Yep. And so, um, definitely, uh, different, uh, takes on both of these, but before we get to, uh, our different takes on this, um, what's, uh, what are you drinking for this one? Uh, so, um, I went, a, you know, I did kind of the six degrees of separation. I couldn't find anything directly related that I, that I went to, but when I was doing a little research, you know, I discovered that, you know, it, Coincidentally, Ready Player Two is coming out uh, next week. The, right. the the novel, which was like, wow, this is there's there's a lot timing, of timing, right? <laughs> yeah, the timing. I don't think we didn't we didn't know that when 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 uh, or I didn't know that when I suggested doing this. I didn't either. Um, it is uh, something I discovered too, and I was like, sweet. So I, I was like, de- I was debating: do I do the do I do I get it on Kindle? Do I order it on Kindle so I can read it, or do I grab the audio book? Because that's how I experienced it the first time. And I looked up the audio book, and sure enough, they got Will Wheaton doing the oh, doing oh, the doing got, the reading yeah. again. And that was a that was a big um, uh, big plus to listening to it because you know oh, the, hell yeah. he, he brings a lot of the same sort of nostalgia that the book does. And so so with that in mind. Recently, we watched that Will Wheaton Northern Brewer. Um, oh, right, right, the episode. <laughs> episode, and so I brought that up, and I said, well, "What did they make?" And and I it they turned made a triple. out they made a triple, and it was, and they actually have the recipe posted on. Um, oh, okay. On the uh, the link, and it's it's actually it's called Plinian Progeny, and which oh. it was it was a it was a Pliny okay. clone. So I'm like, oh, that's perfect. So I went to the store and picked up, you know, because we got Russian River local. I picked up a Pliny 
in honor of Will Wheaton. It's you know it's a double because they only do the triple. Uh, right. Um, but I, I've got my empty bottle of, of triple over oh, yeah. here okay. that I yeah. am <laughs> watching over. So anyway, I got a bottle of the Pliny the Elder um, that was you know bottled two weeks ago. They you know it's local, so it's great. Nice. And so. Um, so that's 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 how I tied it all together. <laughs> that's that's how that, that works. That's how we got tied. That's funny. I remember watching that that brewing episode, and, and I knew we were talking about it. And I kept bringing it up, and Will Wheaton and you guys were just giving me shit about it, and it was funny. Um, what? But uh, we were giving you shit. I oh, because I kept saying uh, on Will Wheaton's, you know, when he was brewing his stuff, and you guys, oh my god, you crush on Will Wheaton or whatever. <laughs> that's right. And and uh, and it's funny because like. I never really cared for his character on on uh, Star Trek, but you know, the more I've watched it and the things he's done afterwards, I've always enjoyed him. And, and when he was in, um, you know, uh, Big Bang Theory and stuff like right. that, playing himself essentially, I thought was great. You know, it's, you're speaking to the fact that he uh, he read that audio, the first audio book, and that's how I heard it. I, I actually listened to it rather than read it, and it was incredible. And I think you're right; he did make that 100. <laughs> percent um, The other funny thing about what I wanted to bring up about this was. In that episode, they were talking about their brewing, and they did, you know, they were talking. It was like twenty-one, you know, or twenty-two pounds of grain, which you know is how it ends yep. up being a triple. And they also had something like twenty-seven ounces of of uh, hops. hops. I don't know if it was quite that high, but it was ridiculous. It was, was it because I remember. Yeah, oh or you know what? I think it was eighteen. Yeah, it was that... eighteen because I remember looking at it, and someone wrote the you know wrote after the fact. It was like anything more than nine ounces is you've you've gotten to saturation, so you're just wasted hops at that point. But yeah, I just thought that was cool, and and that's kind of cool that you brought that up. That that's a good way to tie that into it. Well, I got the recipe right here. <laughs> what does it say? How many uh, how many ounces of hops? She's nineteen ounces of hops. Nineteen ounces. That's um, pretty close. Includes three hops. Well, it says three hop shots and 19 ounces of hops. So I know hop shots are like the the syringes. Uh, yeah. You know, and in fact, in fact, when my brother and I did the did the Pliny clone, he had gotten some syringes right. as well. So I, I don't know. What, said that they're equivalent to like three ounces. Yeah. So hop. I I don't know if that means that those are in addition to the 19 ounces or or. Yes, not. I remember but, they uh, put those in at the boil. <laughs> That's part of their boil is, yeah. is the shots, and the rest of it was dry hopping. Original gravity 10. 90 damn, damn. okay <laughs> <laughs> anyhow okay one day so, one day we'll try <laughs> yeah right all right well i had to go you know i i did the same thing i did my search and i was like oh drinks of the 80s and stuff like yeah. this and i'm not seeing anything that really tied into it but i had found there was a call out in the book where they were in the uh where they went to the dance sure right okay ogden morrow's birthday party and they both ordered a drink and artemis had ordered a uh, a specific whiskey by name, and it was because it was uh, uh, what's his, um, is it Ian McLeod from uh, Highlander? Uh, it was the character the the McLeod character from Highlander. It was his favorite whiskey because they mentioned it in the book, and I was like, oh, boom, there's a drink. I went and looked it up, and it, it's like a $35 bottle of like a, a – and that's just the regular whiskey. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, I could go get that. And then I found that they're supposed to have like the little singles. I was like, oh, maybe I could – and then I was like, oh, you know what? Let me let me keep searching. And then I ran across something that I was like, okay, this is spot on. So I went and got me some <laughs> Bartles and James wine coolers because Bartles and James were huge in the 80s. Yeah. Right? That's when wine coolers – the wine coolers, wine coolers first hit, and I remember, you know, they the first flavor wasn't even a flavor; it was just original. 
It was yeah. just a, in a green bottle and like there was no flavor. And then they had to start having the flavors. And, and they did their own ads and they were awesome. I, right. I, don't, I don't know if they hired actors to play them, but but they, they, they kind of had that awkward presence that was just I charming. Think it's the, <laughs> I, think it's the, I think it's the real guys. And matter of fact, they're still on the box. <laughs> That's um, great. So I ended up, this. They're, they're a little different now. They come in cans and this is um, a group, uh, grapefruit and green tea. It's actually pretty good. So yeah, I had to I had to go with the the wine coolers from the '80s because just you know, especially being the I mean, I, I didn't drink until I uh, after the '80s really, but um, they were something that were very popular. I remember sure. Bartle and James even even in because they went from like they started in the '90 or '81 and went through like '94 or something like that before they kind of fell off a little bit. Yeah, the author. Um... What was his name? Ernest Stein, I think. Ernest Klein. Ernest Klein. Um, yeah. So he was born in in 1972. So yes. he's 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 right in line with 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 us as far as as the nostalgia. And so yeah, you know, he's literally like six months younger than me. Okay, <laughs> well, he's a little bit a little bit uh, younger. Yeah, he's a couple years younger than me. But uh, but that I think makes it just perfect material for us and maybe oh, right. maybe you know younger people or, or older won't quite get all the references so uh um but uh but it's it was it was so yeah. so fun for us well and that's and so you know i do like i always do um i got i got into listening to podcasts of you know people's reviews of it and mostly were were movies um there was a few people doing the books there was one that was doing a chapter by chapter i couldn't even get deep into that one but um there was a lot of people and they seemed to be the younger that they they did didn't care for it as much because i don't think they got the references as right. well and then and then you even run into uh, um another set of people that uh not only are younger but then they're the female and then even some like uh, there was one that had a, a gay black guy and they they even went further than like i don't don't get it i don't like it because we're not representative and just really hammer on this whole you know like oh it's just from the you know perspective of a, a straight white guy and it's like well yeah that's who wrote it what do you think it's <laughs> going to be for i mean it, it, not everything has to be you know th this you know change the world epic book you know it's and and it doesn't have to be targeted to everybody he wrote a book that he want that he wanted to he read essentially yeah like he he geeked out over his own Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. And, and and there's nothing wrong with that. And it just how many people gave him shit about that and, and gave it bad reviews just because of that. I was like, what? The, like everything you read has to be some fucking masterpiece that has no flaws. I was like, come on. It, you know, if that's the case, you're going to be unhappy with everything you ever read or see. And so uh, I I was frustrated through a lot of the, the podcasts I listened to when they were talking about stuff like that. Um, Mostly because, uh, you know, not not because I wanted to defend it just because I liked it, but because of the reasons they didn't like it. I'm like, we're, we're very superficial in a way to me, you know, that like I want to know what they considered a great book then or, or, or movie kind of thing. So, yeah, anyway, <laughs> it's yeah. You know, well, you know, critics when critics come come around that that sometimes it's almost like they need a resume before you listen to them to find out who they are what kind of person they are what they like so that you can find out well if this fits into my my uh taste then maybe i can i can yeah. get behind what you know i can trust their their point of view but otherwise sometimes they come across sound pretty uh, uh i i found a lot of them were just negative like it was and it was funny one of them i listened to uh which was three 
uh, probably, mm, I'm going to say late 20s, early 30s at the most, women and another guy who was probably in that same age, just super sour on the whole thing and everything was bad and it was like, you know, and then I read their reviews and apparently like everything, like they had about a 50-50 split between a five review and a one review and a lot of review, <laughs> a lot of written ones were like, you know, just negative on everything and just, you know, can't be happy with nothing and everything's got, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, so their whole thing is to be negative. I remember, you know, I went to, went to college in San Diego and uh, there was a publication there, the San Diego Reader, and they had a film critic that would review movies and every week and almost almost always out of five five stars he would get every everything would get a black dot which was basically a zero but i loved reading his reviews they were, they were <laughs> you know they, there was some bitterness but he was he was really sharp and pulled things out and just he did a lot of trash and every once in a while he'd take a movie and just like you know put it you know talk about how put brilliant it, it was and and i i got kind of a kick out of reading him all the time um so um no you i know. understand it and and that's the thing is i actually and as sad as it is sometimes i'm like i keep listening to these things even though they're completely negative and i'm like why am i still listening to it? <laughs> because i'm really what i'm trying to do is get the get another perspective and see yes yeah. the suck part about it is 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 when they say some stuff that is completely just they get wrong and i'm not just saying my opinion over their opinion but like they read something completely wrong or they 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 even state something wrong and there's there's no way to correct them and it's like god if i could just talk to you it'd be so much easier and so yeah i, I put myself through that all the time and it's like oh why do i do that and then but i keep doing it so i must enjoy it i guess <laughs> i don't know i i guess i like confrontation somewhat maybe yeah I don't know. so anyhow well let's get into this i don't um I'm not even sure how to tackle this if we want to I think we just tackle the story from from the get-go um, and how we felt about it um, and then kind of we can tag team both book and movie at the same time because yeah. I, I think trying to split it would be really weird um, so I, I really liked I loved the premise of this um, you know it, and this is where a lot of people you know got off to start it, it talks about you know in the movie they did prologue and in the book he it's you know it's kind of a first chapter where he's describing the world and it's a very desolate you know um you know very poor um you know there's definitely that separation of, of have and have nots and you know you got sure the, it comes across right um, post-apocalyptic and yeah yeah well they even talked about I, I can't remember what someone said was in the movie or they they said in the book something about the the corn syrup uh wars yeah of, you know 2025 and i'm like corn syrup wars what the hell and so you know yeah they they really come and then you know and then i they think they didn't they reference how, that in uh in uh logan something like the corn syrup wars or something maybe maybe i, I wonder i'm just not thinking of that funny. now but yeah, okay um, that'd they, be funny if that was tied that they talked about uh, schooling, which which I thought you know a big part of the the introduction of the book, which wasn't addressed in the movie, was uh, right. was how he went to school in a virtual, you know. A, well, a, he actually started out in a regular school, and he had to work his ass off to get a certain grade so he could go to the virtual school. Yeah. And so um, I actually I thought that was really cool because it wasn't like just everybody goes. You actually have to you have to apply yourself to get to this virtual. So it's like a prize in a way. And I thought that was kind of cool, you know, and, and they really 
they really set it up in the book they talked about and I, I kind of think they touched on it in the movie where he had lost his parents already you know his his yeah. father had died in a riot or something like that and his mother had od'd or something and then you know he he got shipped off to live with his aunt who basically and, and they they had this in the movie but i don't think they covered it well enough in the movie to really show what they needed to for later on where he his aunt used to just she took him in to basically get the extra food vouchers and took him and did nothing for the kid and you know and in the movie or in the book you know they steal a laptop he had you know they basically just take it from him um and so when when she gets blown up later on he has no feelings for her and in the book you understand why because she never had any feelings for him and never treated him any reason that you know why he cared more about the the lady downstairs who actually gave a damn about him than he did then in the movie right they played him up she they played her up a little bit nicer and you know like gave him less reason to and then so but when they 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 had the blow up and and she dies they didn't have him react and people were like oh how could you be so crass i'm like okay so you're going off of just the movie you don't know the story and and so that's where some of the movie story misses really hurt the movie i think it for people that didn't see or, or read both or get both kind of thing yeah, they well, they took a lot of different. They changed up quite a bit in the movie. They they quite a com bit. compressed a lot, which is completely understandable. You know, when you're trying. Well, it was to, still a two hour and twenty minute movie. So, it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah, but, and they yeah. got rid of a ton of stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, you know, so I I think they can be forgiven for not for choosing to omit certain things and try to highlight other things. I don't, I don't agree with some of the choices they made in the movie. I, I think in, in some cases I, I was really thrilled with the movie, but, uh, but uh, I, I think, I think that's always a challenge when you're adapting a book to a movie is you just, you have to, you have to pick what, what you, what you want to put in there. You have to compress it. You have to do things to it to make yeah. it palatable to, to a, uh, to a, a visual audience and, and right well that's what i think this is where it suffers and this may be where a book uh, the the movie should have never been made essentially is um or they they could i don't even know uh the the beauty of the book is the references and how the references are stated i mean it's you're you're talking and i don't want to make this sound uh bad but it, it was almost like a rain man-esque type uh knowledge of <laughs> 80s trivia where right. you know a song would come on and it's the name of the song, the the album, the band and the year it was released, kind of knowing that kind of knowledge or, you know, having this obscure knowledge of when a, a video game was released or these deep, you know, who was the author and what well, was the they, thing. They really tied it more into the contest too, because they had, they had the whole almanac and, and you, you know, the part of right. the, part of it was really understanding, uh, you know, Holloway's obsessions with 80s and 90s uh, well, culture and, and 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 they tied that into the easter egg hunt and stuff whereas in the movie it 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 wasn't they didn't it, tie it in no it you, you know it starts off with some, there's a lot of 80s and 90s references but you don't necessarily well get and that's the, that's the thing the is in the book that he talks about them and so and this is where because uh, i went and read responses and in, in people's criticisms of the books and with the, and a lot of people's criticisms of the writing when they didn't like the book was that he wrote out so much information on like this was pac-man it was releasing and then they're like i don't need to know that you're just you're just showing off your nerdness and 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 you're calling <laughs> it a toxic nerdness and all this and i'm like no that's that's literally what this book is about 
is you know and then one guy you know they're always there's that uh it was a chris farley uh thing from saturday night I was like oh, remember that thing when when you did that yeah that was cool and they're like oh that that's all this book is and i'm like yeah that's what made it fucking cool yeah right <laughs> it's it's all the references now um i don't i consider myself a closet geek essentially <laughs> i i i was into uh computers but not so deep that i was a hacker or played every single game or was like beating anything crazy but i knew a lot of video games sure. uh, both you know coin op and and computer and and atari and things like that and then i also uh was slightly into fantasy so the novels and the books and stuff like that and, and some dungeons and dragons although that was much later right and then the music references right and the movie references i got I didn't get uh, I, like if if I got scored on the the references I got I probably would have got a D, you know, because <laughs> I probably would have got sixty percent of them. But the ones I didn't get, I still enjoyed because it was like, oh, I'm getting new knowledge yeah. in an area that I kind of find interesting and and stuff like that. So I thought that was really cool, and I thought the way they did that. And then in the movie though, it just doesn't translate at all. Like the 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 references are all visual. And everything's going by so quick that you don't even pick up half of them. Like I, I went back and watched a YouTube video, and it was 325 Easter eggs from or references in Ready the Player movie? One movie. Yeah. And the guy went down and broke them all down. And I was like, and some of them were like 14 of them in the same damn scene. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap! I'm like, no wonder I didn't pick up on you know. Well, they're all so visual. It's just like you spot something, yeah. and there it is. That's yeah. it. That's all you get. Um, right. You, you know, and they were fun and, and a, a nod to Spielberg, you know, who is certainly represents the 80s and 90s nostalgia with right. his filmmaking, you know, because of his ties to to uh, the film industry. You know, in the book, they didn't have he didn't there was no rights. You didn't have to get rights to, to write about no. that sort of stuff. But because he wasn't making, doing anything, he was when just when you're making about a movie. Him. Damn, you had to. Get, I mean, all that stuff yeah. is paid for. And he got about, you know, there's what you said, like 300 some odd references to other other things they had to get lice they had to pay rights to all that stuff and he well, was a able lot of to... those all come from the same there's a lot of the same from the game and there's a lot of spielberg ones true um, although uh, although yeah. he couldn't get all the spielberg ones like uh close encounters i think that was something he tried to get he couldn't get <laughs> he couldn't get rights to even a film he directed but he got about 80 percent of what he was after yeah um, he also tried not to do too many references to his movies because he didn't want to seem, uh, you, you know, which like is he, funny. Because some people really like, really Spielberg. That's is, is this your your nod to yourself? And I was like, come on. Uh, <laughs> well, like Back to the Future. Nostalgia. I think I think he kind of gave up on that one because he didn't direct it. He produced it, but he didn't direct it. And right. um, well, but that's I'll, a big I'll, part of the book, though. Right. The, and you know, I mean, the, you know, and also he tried. They tried to get uh, rights to uh, Blade Runner, which was a big part oh, of the right. second second uh, gate. You know, or, or, you know, the whole the cell, whole second gate I think is tied to a Blade Runner reference, and so they tried well, to it, create. Yeah, a scene. he does the um, the challenge where he has to do the uh, where um, they do the questionnaires from the um, to see if you're a robot or not. Right, or one of the, right, the, yeah, or the yeah. lie detector test or whatever that's comp yeah. something. Well, um, and that's okay. They so couldn't, that they couldn't get the rights because they were making <laughs> a sequel. So they, oh. that's where they ended up having. They went down the Shining uh, uh, adaptation. Well, I you know and and so. I did not like the challenges in the movie at all. I I don't think they they really translated what it took 
especially you start off it's just it's a race well they so weren't not they even... weren't as complex because in the book there was a lot more complexity you had the key right. and then you had uh you know you had to unlock the gate and you and you know it was continuous well, but it was a, it was a, it was, you had to figure out what the key, what yeah. the key, you know, to get to the key, you had to figure that out. And this one, it was just, oh, the race, whoever wins, you know, yeah, you had to go backwards and, but it was just kind of, he stumbled on it and it was like, there was no really thought process put into it where the other ones really had some thought process put into them, I thought. And I really liked that. Um, you know, then the first gate in the, in the book was, uh, was, uh, a tie to a Dungeons and Dragons, um, module, right? And then that led to playing joust, right? And and, and then that right. led to, that led to reenacting the whole movie from War Games, which gets into our flashback uh, addition movie. to this podcast. Yeah. Which I think we yeah. both we both watched War War Games just just as I a, just as finished a, it before <laughs> this too, like about an hour before I, I watched which, the last. If minutes. we're not going to, you know, this is the only reference. So it's a big part of the book, and they don't bring it up at all in the movie, which I thought was a little no, bit of a letdown. They could have at least given it a nod, but maybe they didn't get the rights. They but, didn't really bring bring up the music or the movies or the books. They base so. In, in in the book, they talked about the the '80s music. You know, he's he's dropping you know lyrics and lines. And I mean, Rush was a big part. Yeah, yeah, twenty one twelve, yeah, twenty one twelve. Yeah, um, yeah, and he had to play guitar licks and all this. And but there was also all these other songs. Like when they went to the dance, you know, a song comes on. And he's like, oh, such and such, you know, released on this. And as and then they had the movie references where they did. You know, there was there was uh, end game or uh, war games. There was also Money Python. Right. Um, there was there were several and then there was a lot of movie references in, in just what they passed and, and show things and you didn't get a lot of that in the the the, um, the movie at all and then you had role playing which really was kind of left out other than some like the one visual thing I saw was the 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 thing that created the shield at the end was in a 20 sided you know sided dice inside the cube other than that there was very very little reference to to these music and role playing and stuff it was almost all video games which i think really let the movie down because it 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 took a it took a targeted group and then targeted inside that group so you took you know you, you, if you had 100% of the people and then you targeted it you're getting down to 20% okay and then you target again you lose it, you're down to another 20% so then you're down to like 4% of the population you know this movie is really for it and and it just you know i think that hurt it, the movie well, in my mind since you're you're talking about kind of your general impression it sounds like you, you know you you had a negative general impression oh, we, <laughs> I, I had a lot of negative criticisms of the movie but overall i thought it was it was at least entertaining not that it, you know I, I in fact i wrote down three criticisms to me i didn't mind how they had, I, I thought the, the race at the beginning was a lot of fun. I thought it was clever, the, the, how he solved it. And I, and it, it totally took away a lot of the references and the, and the complexity of the, of the quest, but I thought it worked for the movie, um, and, and packed a lot in there. I did not like the second shining reference to me. I mean, I, I really liked that movie and, and I thought they visually captured it, but man, it just seemed so out of lace and and <laughs> it, it, it it reminded me more of the haunted house at Disneyland than it did of of, of the shining it was it just this it's just like well it had this, two parts yeah. it it, it and, and so okay I agree with you I hated I hated the shining part for what it was uh -huh. but it had 
one of the better parts of the movie for me. Like there's two parts that I enjoyed mostly. And it was the shining references and it was the way they did that because they had the one character H had never seen the movie, which right. really seems really seems awkward when, you know, every they, how much they, you know, watched all these movies hundreds of times and knew all the lines and that he had never watched one shining movie. That, you know, he sees the twins and he's like, Oh, hey, horror movie. Yeah, hey, yeah. Little, hey, hey little girls, <laughs> how do you get out of here? Yeah. You know, and, and they had all the references. They had the little girls, they had um the tricycle and the tennis ball, they had room two thirty seven, sure. they had the lady and the you know, I they know. Had all... I was a little <laughs> The the lady so, that turns into a zombie, yeah, kind of her. right. Those parts were great, and they even got into the um the the maze, right? right. The the which that is when it went south for me when they started having the lady with the big axe cutting whole edges down. That's when I went, oh, okay, you went a little too far on that one. Yeah, I love the simple references, and I was like, that's fucking badass. And then they go to the next part where it's the dance, and that's where it went. Uh, the haunted house kind of and and that to me was like this is lame yeah it's, a total, I was, it, 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 it's not a yeah by that point it's no longer homage to stanley kubrick instead it's kind of just this corny cartoon um perversion of of what he created so so yeah so i'm I, and I, I i don't know if i'm quite on board with what you liked about at the beginning too just it, to me it still seemed out of place but I also I, I just wish, thought those were good references. Those I, those were the only like direct references that I got out of the okay. movie. I wish that they would have played the reality in the movie more darker, more raw. You know, I liked how they oh, did, yeah. I liked how they did the VR world. I thought that was really I, I, I that was fun. But but to me, the real world was also very cartoony and you know i liked the art direction it was it you know the whole stacks the, the you know yeah the, that, that was okay the stacks affected, were good yeah but that i mean it looked cool but the way they played it off it was more like a you know yeah here's your it's like apartment yeah and and the characters are all doing kind of cartoony things and it really came i agree across, with you it came across really i wish they would have done it more like children of men or you know that more of a raw darker style the dialogue a little bit more real you get a sense of who these people are not not saccharine dialogue that comes out <laughs> you know and, well, you, and, I, right. and then you and then you draw more of a contrast between these worlds and it makes it a, a heavier movie and i think yeah that have, i think well i think they tried to and they just failed with it like i mean they show the mom in the vr world on the couch doing her thing and the kids trying to get her attention because the kitchen's on fire so they tried to show that people are yeah, getting sucked was, into it. It was still the, it was, it was campy. like a sitcom. It was campy, yeah. Yeah, I, and, I, and that's and you're right. Now also, like you get to the big the big end battle, and, and they show them when they're driving, and you see all these people out on the streets with their VR stuff, and they're fighting in the streets. No, th there should have been no one on the fucking streets because that's how you get robbed and killed in this world from yeah. the book, right? There, there's nobody out there, and not only that, but it wasn't you didn't walk around outside jacked in. Mm -hmm. You sat down in your 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 wherever you were, and yeah, sometimes I mean, you might have been moving depending on what your what your you know kind of setup is. But you know he was he was originally in a van with just gloves and glasses on, like so he's not doing all this running around jumping and fighting like they showed the people in the streets when the big battle was going on, which I thought was totally stupid. It just irritated me when they showed that. I mean. The one cool thing that I, is they had the Ninja Turtles and they show the four kids that were supposedly the Ninja Turtles. And I was like, uh, whatever. That was kind of <laughs> dumb. But I mean, I, they, Ninja Turtles. So I was like, okay. But I, I hated that because, yeah, there was no 
there was no premise of the world is really shitty that it should have been. Yeah, just yeah, more in just the art direction, and that was about it. Yeah. And I think um, that's where I think that's where the movie failed um, for people that didn't read the books is they didn't understand the premise with everything. And then you know you get into the personal relationships. You know, um, I don't think they ever developed the characters and developed the friendships. And 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 this is where a lot of people had issues, especially the females with the Artemis and the, the love affair. In the movies, they they play her off more as just a, a sidekick and a um, a prize for for. Um, uh, Wade, where um, I thought in the book it was it was a lot different. Where she actually was kind of better than him, and he knew it. And it wasn't it, he he didn't win her in a prize as a prize. Essentially, he he had a fascination with her and followed that. And they're you know they're like oh that's that's creepy. He stalked her and all. I was like no. I mean let's look at this. Let's look at how we are now. Why is there fucking YouTube channels with people making millions of dollars? Because they they fucking put videos out and people follow them. Millions of people follow them. Well, that was them. totally uh, you know, they had that in the in the book probably mm-hmm. before it happened in in reality where you know where they right. were, they were doing a lot of uh, you know sell you know and he got a lot of royalties you know that's how yeah. he made money it wasn't I don't think in the movie it was well he actually had a day job too he he ended up he ended up working as a uh, a. Um, like a help desk, uh, a IT guy. <laughs> okay. And, uh, I forgot about that. And yeah. So, cause I, I was like, Oh, I forgot about that part. And then he does that. And then he also ends up having to do that in the book where he goes into the, with, so in the movie, they have her get captured, right? Right. Uh, right. Artemis gets and here captured. He and gets he, into and he has to yeah. go save her where not the other way. No, he, he fucking gives himself up essentially to, to get in. And, yeah. and so it's like, He's not trying to save her. He's not. They're not playing her as a victim. They're not playing her as a prize. She is. She is actually. If if you follow it, and and this is, you know, Wade is our is our viewpoint. So we really get his his viewpoint more than anything. He she wasn't a prize for him. Essentially, it was more like she's someone he res, he he respected it and really admired, and and you know looked up to. Not not like. Oh, you know, she's gonna. I'm gonna do this, and she's gonna love me for it. And, and I, I really, you know, and, and this, and this is where talk, hearing these podcast people or these these women mostly that were saying that, oh, you know, I didn't like the way they did that. And it was like, you know, you're seeing it from your viewpoint. I understand that, but you're not. You've never been a 17 year old boy or an 18 year old boy, so you can't say that you know exactly what he was thinking. You know, and 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 so that it's one of those things is like everybody has their viewpoint, and and you know he he didn't I don't, looking at it from my viewpoint as as have been in an eighteen year old boy once <laughs> I didn't see I I never saw her as like oh it's a prize no it's more like damn I, she is she is equal to me and enjoys the same shit I do right, right. you know sure so uh, which I think they never got in the the movie they really. They played her more as a prize in the movie, which I thought was really bad. They also, the fact that they met earlier and things like that, I didn't, I didn't care for. Um, yeah, th- those are the things that I think screwed up a lot of it. I think it's interesting that when you when you're reading a when you're reading a book and a character's presented to to me, the writing in this was was you know it was. Eh. It was okay. It wasn't it was, great. Yeah. It, you, they, this, the characters are still kind of underdeveloped. The dialogue is kind of the same sort of campy dialogue. Uh, in the book as in the movie, but 
you know, when you're reading it and you read a campy dialogue, you know, we have our own imagination that can kind of right. paint that picture. And, and But when you see it in a movie and it's portrayed with a certain style and stuff, you can't, you can't paint over what you see it's right like we become more prejudiced and you know judgmental yeah. of those of those people it's a whole different way of 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 looking at looking at things it's almost like the director steals that uh that, uh, that ability portion of your imagination yeah you can't you, you're you're forced into the imagination of whatever is is decided yeah. by the director you know and and that's and so, what's different yeah. for me in the movie in the in the book is i saw i read the book first and then saw the movie uh-huh so so i had my what my head cannon was and my, yeah. my ideas and I'm looking at them going, that's not them. That there's nothing, there's nothing <laughs> like that. What the fuck? You're completely wrong. Right. Where the opposite happened is I saw the Harry Potter movie first and then I read the books. Okay. So as I was reading them, I saw the characters I saw in the first movie through the yeah. rest of it. And, yeah. and so, you know, it, it happens that way. Luckily that one really translated very well. First book to first movie. This one did not do so well. Like, I hated, I hated the character design um, of H. Um, I just thought it was really. I, I most of the, most of the people and the way they portrayed the characters, I was, I was really upset with. Even like, uh, uh, what's his name, Sorrento, Bill or uh, uh, Ben uh, Mendelson, who, who's I think a really uh, strong actor. He's been in some good stuff, uh, Rogue One, and and. Uh, uh, so you talking? Are you talking about his his uh, his um, Oasis? His president? avatar, his 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 Oasis yeah. avatar, I thought was kind of uh, typical. I, I mean, I wasn't, I, I didn't find it interesting, and the way he portrayed the character, I thought was really uh, uh, under so underrealized. Underrealized. It was like it was it was it, as they made expected. It more of a, <laughs> kind of a wimpy jerk kind of thing in in the movie where in the book he was actually pretty hardcore and you know he had his own stuff and in 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 the oasis in the book he looked exactly like every other ioy person he had you the only reason you knew who it was is by the number so to have him have his own persona and stuff was kind of like like that's not really what it was and i, I agree i didn't care for that um although i i actually thought in the movie, I would have seen him kind of doing stuff because he seemed cocky enough that he was he kind of would have been like that guy. I mean, they also changed that character, I Rock. Yeah. Right. In in the movie, he actually had a really great role, and I think I think it worked. And I liked I actually liked his uh, comedy essentially. I did too, but I still thought that it was the wrong tone for for the movie. It it was. Uh... Well, they, he sells them out in the book. What's that? But not to the, he sells them out in the book. He's the reason that they find out who Wade is in the book, okay. right? Because he's that first guy that's in the basement with them, and then you know he's kind of the douche guy, and and you know he thinks he's badass, but he's not. And uh, so he is a character from the book, but he's nowhere what he is in the movie. I liked what they did with him in the movie because they kind of gave him uh, a bigger role that made sense for the movie. It wouldn't have made sense in the book, but I liked what they did with him in the movie because he had some comedy to him. Like, yeah. and, and, and he had some of the gamer humor and you know, like, oh man, I'm losing, you know, he's, he lost his arm and all this stuff is like pouring out and he's trying to grab it. And I, that stuff made me laugh because that was a visual that, you know, paid off. 
where you didn't have that in the book essentially, but it paid off in the movie. I liked the way they uh, that he got the extra life in the in the movie more than in the book. In the book, what he wins a perfect game of Pac-Man, which was kind of a side story. Whereas in in, yeah. in the movie, you know, it's part of his research, and and they tie in the character. He makes the a odd, bet. Odd, I, I, and and I, it it brought I, that I a little bit more uh, symmetry to that to that part of the story so that when he pulls it when he gets it at the end um it it really is uh, it 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 shines as a really good plot point you know it, i it thought they did a good job in the book with it because he he they play it off like he's he's still trying to find the key right he just picked the wrong place and he ends up coming across this other thing yeah right he thought he was still going after the key he didn't realize until at the end after all he got was this quarter that it wasn't and he's like oh fuck i just wasted a shit ton of time in the book not knowing that, what it was in in the book that almost felt like you know he got to the end of the book writing and said oh i need some something to kind of fix this and then he went and inserted that chapter you know he added that chapter whereas in the movie it seemed more a part of the a part of the story so i i i just think that it, it tied into the narrative better in the in the movie um, I didn't think it was bad give, in the movie. Just trying to give the movie some some props as well. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it was okay, but it, it's not going to save the movie. Um, <laughs> um, I didn't. I I liked what they did with Og in the movie, but I don't think it did justice to what he did in the game. In oh the yeah, he was underdeveloped and and boy. And and, uh, and Simon Pegg was the actor, and I thought yeah. he did an incredible job. Um, I didn't like the actor they had for for. Um, Holloway. Holloway, yeah. He, I agree. <laughs> I didn't like the way he played him. It was like, you know, I, I, he, he reminded me of Rick Moranis in Ghostbusters. You know, kind of when he, when, Kinda, when, yeah. when he's, when he's sad, you know, because, because the woman's not paying attention to him. He's just like, okay, you know, you know, kind of. Well, they were also saying uh, uh, Garth from Wayne's World. Oh, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's Rick Moranis from from Ghostbusters and Wayne from Wayne's World kind of merge and have yeah Gar Garth yeah. from Wayne's World yeah 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 Garth I I just I yeah I didn't I mean he did a great job with what he was acting I just didn't care for the, the choice vision. yeah it yeah it, was, it could yeah. have been different it could have been better um, I didn't like it truthfully I I didn't care for any of the actors how they looked how they they just didn't do anything for me i didn't care for the main um uh ty sheridan um i don't think he... i thought i liked artemis i thought she was cast well but i i agree mostly it was uh it was a uh, kind of disappointing that they didn't well, okay, bring much so... they didn't bring much much interesting to the roles except what was kind of that two-dimensional uh projection of, of from the book you know and that was about it the, the problem with it is is the characters in the books were not I mean, they were more your typical nerd statue, right? A little bit overweight, you know, a little more geeky. Like, they, they prettied them up a little too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, she was supposed to be, you know, kind of a more um, shorter, overweight girl, you know, with a, and her, and half of her face was supposed to be covered with a birthmark, not just this little eye covering, you know? Yeah. They, they dumbed it down, they Hollywooded up. He was supposed to be kind of a, a fat, pimply nerd kid, you know, that, you know, and right off the bat, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't fit that picture. And so, you know, but in the book, you I mean, he has a whole point where he goes through this thing where he sets an exercise program <laughs> so that he, he can't get on the Oasis. And, and he talks that's, about that's, his, that's his, post, uh, post sex, uh, uh, sex robot. <laughs> well, his sex suit, you know, that he, <laughs> 
Well, so that, I mean, that's a whole big point too, because that was, uh, they started, they, they developed the relationship between him and Artemis really well, I think, in the book. You know, it starts off uh, in their first meeting in the first sure, and it's all virtual. They don't meet until the, the last chapter. Yeah. You know? But I mean, it, it's kind of like they run into each other and they're both like, oh, hey, we're the only two that's got this far yet. And they're kind of feeling each other out and they kind of see that, oh, you know, they're testing each other like, oh, we kind of still like each other. The same things, not like each other, but like the same things and kind of like playing off this competition. And it grows as they get further along and to the point where they spend more and more time with each other rather than doing the hunt. And that's when she says, she cuts it off and like, look, I, I gotta do this. And and he get, that's when he kind of goes into like the full meltdown and goes in, like spends three weeks with the sex doll virtual <laughs> thing. And, you know, and, and so, yeah, he goes into like a depression and then a downward spiral, but he comes out of it. And I liked, I liked how they played that because that, that seems legit, you know? And, and I, I loved, I loved how the book ended i loved how i think how it all came out I, I really you know and then that's that's another one where you know a lot of people especially people that hadn't read the book were like oh yeah he he saves the world and gets the girl it's just like he he didn't save the world to get the girl he kind of he did what he was doing not to get the girl but because that's what he was doing the relationship between the girl was just a, a whole separate thing that kind of came along with it she was trying to save the world and and win the prize too you know the you know, it just, it, it wasn't like it was a prize to get the other person. And, and I don't think she, I, in the book, I don't think she ever felt like to me, like she was less of a person or a prize for him at any point, you know, especially when they go to um, the birthday party. And this is one of the things they did. They did kind of put this in the movie uh, where they go to the dance. That's in the, that's in the, the book, but it's a little bit different. It's Aug's 73rd birthday. And, you know, first they start off with R2-D2, yeah. their DJ, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And, um, you know, and, and uh, they're out there and they do their dance thing. And they kind of played that up and they, they kind of showed that in the movie almost close. That's probably one of the closest things to the book was that is them dancing in, in that scene and the, the Sixers attacking and stuff. The right. difference was is Og was there. And he showed how powerful he was because he just went god mode and killed like a ton of sixers. <laughs> he was actually the reason they got out, not not the Zemexis Zemexis cube, which I thought was a good throw out to him. I, I I liked some of those. You know, later on he had the holy hand grenade. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I thought you know those were some good throw outs, but I, I I I think overall they just missed so much with with the movie compared to the book that if if you enjoyed. Actually, you don't even have to enjoy the movie. If you like any of the, the 80s reference, 80s, 90s reference stuff and enjoy that kind of geek culture or just, it's not even a geek culture, it's just nostalgia. If you like that, you'll probably enjoy the book. I would suggest listening to Will Wheaton read it to you <laughs> because that adds such a level to it. For yeah. some reason, you know, he, he well, especially if you have a connection to Will Wheaton too, with kind of right. geeked out. You know, you watch some of his YouTube videos where he's you know <laughs> talking about beer. games and and uh, you know he's 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 connected to that culture. So yeah. so it's it, it, it works, and well, he was a part of that culture with Star Trek too. So well, and they mentioned several different times. He gets mentioned. Like, That's right. Him. He mentions himself in the book. Well, because when he's reading, they it, talk they about the Electrons. 
Yeah. They have the elections and they, um, <laughs> the real world elections. He's like, I don't care about those. He goes, but the Oasis elections, he goes, we're going to vote for, uh, I believe it's, it's, it was president Will Wheaton and <laughs> vice president so-and-so. And when he read his own name, I was like, holy shit. I'm like, That's fucking, how cool is that? Reading a book that mentioned you. And then they talked about Star Trek. And I believe they even said Ensign Crusher in there at one point. Um, in, in one of the things and I was like god damn that's, you get that's goosebumps cool. listening to it it's like ah oh, there's so much uh, yeah, he did such a good himself. job yeah. I mean he's not he's not the best uh, narrator like his his voice changes aren't as good as some of the others but he really carried the only the only irritating part and it's not even Will Wheaton it was because it was it was uh, um, unabridged in the book, they they read out the uh, they show out the the top ten or whatever, and you know when it's you know Parsifal and then Artemis, and then he gets down to like six through ten, and he reads out the IOI numbers. You're like, oh my god, really? <laughs> Can't you just say in the next three spots or IOI? You know, it's like it's like IOI six four three two three four, position seven. <laughs> IOI. I'm like, oh god. This is what he does. It like just automatically crank up the speed, so you know, yeah. Because it's like it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> but that's it, it's one of those things. Is in the books, you know, it's just a visual of it. It's probably just a little picture of right. it. And I was like, you know, you know, nobody's reading after the the first five spots, anyways. And I was just like, ah, okay. And so that was the only part that I was like, ugh. But I loved it. I mean, that that's another thing. There, there, they had a lot of Star Wars references. Um, sure. Yeah. In the, in the book that they didn't have in the movies like he owned a x-wing um he talked about other people having tie fighters i think well they do they do call it the millennium falcon in uh, yeah in the movie movie. that's right yeah yeah which they never did in the book um which i thought was funny because i would i would have wanted a millennium falcon um, i would have too yeah (laughs) um but he he went with uh uh he had the the firefly um oh right in the book and they do show that in the movie too they show the firefly uh ship he also had the the delorean um which was his his one of his vehicles and then he had an x-wing i can't remember if he had another one too uh, but they talked about a couple other things um they also brought in a lot of um like japanese animation type things and a lot of those you know uh uh kind of cartoons and the uh, the rope, the big robot Gundams and things like that, which I'm not as familiar with. So I was, you know, I, I enjoyed hearing about them, but I was like, I have no idea what that looks like. Yeah, um, what, they, well, they, they had that. They had uh, uh, Gundam versus uh, Mega Godzilla actually in the movie. They added yeah. Giant, which I thought was was ideal. I thought I thought that was a lot of fun in the movie. I don't know if they yeah. mentioned Iron Giant. Nope. In the... Iron Giant was not. So they in the in the book, uh, all five of them had uh, robots. Yeah, and they all they all went up to the robots, and that's when the Mega Godzilla came out, and also a bunch of the IOIs. They ended up having the Voltron, um, uh, the the five lions that became Voltron, and then uh, there was another one that like was another five robots that combined for right. one. And I was like, oh, that was kind of cool, because um, that that's something I kind of knew. I was like, oh, the lions, you know, the Voltron. I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. And he had a very obscure uh, robot. Uh, Leopardon or something like that, which um, that one didn't play well. Now that was another thing is is where they didn't get as deep into the the book is they didn't kill off uh, Dido, right? Um, right. In the, in the movie, um, they had threw his him out a window or something or through through. Yeah, yeah, they had him murdered. Yeah. Um, well, they had his character die, but not him. 
and which I thought was, eh. and I, I, I don't know. There was some stuff with Shoto in the movie that I thought was like, you know, the whole time, every time he shows up, he's like, what can an 11 year old be? You know, it's like, well, again, it was just two dimensional. They made him, they made him just cartoonish and campy. And that's where, if it would have kind of been a little bit more, um, raw and so they, they did say i i saw one of the the there was a nod out to so when the kid he's wearing the like the letterman jacket thing it is the same jacket that they at um they wear in teen wolf or back to the future it's the same like colored leather letter uh letterman jacket with the same s and everything like that and i was like oh probably damn. teen wolf yeah i think it was teen wolf yeah yeah which I thought was, I was like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, they were pulling some obscure, like, there's a Batman sticker here. And, like, you know, little, just these little things. And I'm like, is that really a throwout or just someone kind of decorating, like, you know? I, well, yeah, they, was... they actually had uh, the same uh, composer do the music. Uh, uh, and they, who did, he also composed the music to Back to the Future. And you'll notice that, that they used oh, okay. some of the same back to the future music Sounds, you know like at the yeah. end you know the scene transitions or something like that the little twinkle and stuff it's a yeah. total call out to back to the future and it was the same they did that with a couple other things too and i thought yeah. that and, and that was cool and they did um, do a lot of 80s and 90s music where you mentioned uh they only did movies but you know they started it out with van halen jump and you know blue monday yeah. uh for uh well that's what dance it, scene it was there have, and, but it wasn't it wasn't dated and that's that's where you know you didn't get the reference you just thought oh this is an 80s yeah. this is an 80s song Got that's it. where i think it but, misses the movie misses yeah. is is mm -hmm. you had to you had to come up with the references on your own where it wasn't spelled out for you and i guess well, if you're into that easter egg searching in movies like that then this is the movie for you if you if you want someone to kind of tell you about it and go oh god i remember that well, and you don't necessarily know why they're referencing it in the movies that because True. in the book it's a big part of the whole quest for holidays easter eggs and trying to solve the riddles is because yeah. he was so into 80s and 90s culture that you had to really study it and that's where wade was you know so into that that understanding all you know sitcoms all sorts of stuff that he would that he would research whereas in right. the movie i don't know maybe they dropped a line but it, it, you you don't you don't catch it you just well, they, and they didn't really have the 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 I don't know what's the right word for it, where they, you know, in the, in the beginning they had the, the, you know, um, says holiday says, you know, three key, keys are hidden in three secret, secret gates wherein the errant, uh, will be tested worthy of traits. Those with the skills to survive these straits will reach the end where their prize awaits, you know, and that it's kind of like, Oh, okay. So that, that's the key to get off. And then they gave them, you know, the copper key weights, explorers and a tomb filled with horrors, you know, and, they give you these these uh they called them something i can't remember what they were uh called but it was basically this poem almost essentially of the first hint and then they really had to dive into it and this really delves deep into gaming culture with especially the old text-based games like there was another point where they had to play one of the text-based games i can't remember which zork. One it was. oh man I, was this, it last, zork? Yeah. this last week i went online and found it because you know you can just bring <laughs> up zork i played it for about a half an hour just you know remembering that you know you, it's the you know you, you have to type a type a direction you know go west yeah. you know go you know and, and get is that the game that they book. played where, where you had to find all the the um trophies and put them in the trophy case is that the is that the one it was was it i didn't get that far i don't i mean i played it when i was young you know what i played when i was younger 
was uh, it was another text-based game on my Commodore VIC-20, and it was called Pirate's Cove. And I, and I and I remember I remember part of you know the most of it was just text based but there was a time sensitive command where you were in an elevator at the top of a building and the elevator starts dropping and it starts flashing oh, on the screen it starts going it says like 20 19 18 and you have to type in jump and you have to hit enter at, at floor 2 or something like that so you oh, jump and, and basically that's what saves you from dying because you decide you know you defy physics and jump at the second floor so you don't smash into the i don't know how it works but but uh but i do remember that significantly that wasn't zork that was pirates so Cove, yeah but uh zork, but zork was the was the quest where they yeah. had the, the the neglected home in the front that was yeah. the key and but it was it was exactly I was started playing. It's like oh I know this I got to go through the window and I got to go around here. Yeah. And, well, and he even uh, talks about that. That's how he got in was through yeah, the window. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where they found the Captain Crunch uh, box, which I thought was a great throw because that was a legit history too, where the guy found the the Captain Crunch whistle that he, you could use for the free phone calls. Yeah. Uh, they played that up in uh, in the movie uh, Hackers, right? <laughs> which I thought that you know. So they. Well, I thought they did a nice call out in the movie to. Uh, to adventure which was a game that mm-hmm. i remember playing i don't remember the easter egg when i played it but i do <laughs> remember just that little dot going through all the mazes and stuff yeah on the atari my next door neighbor's house because i i didn't have one but my next door neighbor oh, had one. Um, but uh but and that that became the final quest in uh, in the movie as well you know where they had to get that yeah i thought it was great and that was and that was kind of a cool throw and i i really i liked i liked the challenges much more in um in the book um what they did you know they they really each one of them had multiple layers to you know where it was like there was role-playing music and video games sure and and other things like that what it uh, makes what's nice is you you know if you whoever's listening to this if you liked the movie and and you know got some good nostalgic references to it man the the book just has so much more that right, makes right. it worth reading regardless of knowing knowing kind of a sense of the story because you could really just geek out on it especially if you're in our age group you know? right so here's here's the th- I, and and so when when i originally read the book um i got you you know you saw the movie and i saw the movie too and we were talking about it and i was i right off the bat the first time i saw it i hated the movie i really did i couldn't stand <laughs> it i thought it was horrible um so and then I listened to the book again just just last week, and then I watched the movie again this weekend, and I found I enjoyed the movie a little bit more this time than I did the last time. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure what changed why, um, whether I was just being more expectations. About you know, it. you knew what to expect, so it was more right. You dropped your guard a little bit more, not not as uh... could be. I, I wasn't expect. You're right. I probably because I was going into it wanting so much for the book and yeah. and, and knowing that it wasn't going to be like that. Maybe I maybe that helped. And so I did did enjoy a little bit more. Um, so, but yeah, it's one of those things. Is yeah, if you enjoyed the the movie at all, definitely go listen to the book. Um, even if you didn't enjoy the movie, but you wanted to because you thought it was going to have the the '80s references, and if you're someone that that grew up in that time frame, you know, if you were born between, I don't know, 1960 and 1975, you probably are going to get a bunch of these references um, for sure. Because and and you don't have to be a geek. You don't. I mean, everybody played video games somewhat, so you're gonna you're gonna understand parts of it. Everybody listened to music. It's not. It wasn't just a certain genre of music either. It was all kinds of music, movies. Um, it's all the. It's all the little things that everybody geeked out about. And yeah. and 
you know, it, not necessarily. And that was another thing I, um, in the podcast listening that I did in the, in the reviews and the things that people had problems with. Um, when this first came out, the book first came out, it got rave reviews. People were loving it. Not a lot of, not a backlash, not a lot of backlash or anything like that. And then when the movie came out, I think a lot more people started looking at it after something that came out called Gamers Gate, which was this big blow up. I didn't know about it until I figured, found this out. Uh, a big blow up in the gaming community where apparently there's some female game uh, game developers and, and uh, writers and stuff like that were being threatened and and just just a bunch of tox, toxic people being being rude and shit and I didn't go deep into it so um, I'm not trying to say like I know a ton of it but just all this stuff where really like diversity was being you know challenged and stuff like that where that you had their two sides and so a lot of people were then coming after this book and movie saying that you know this is bad on you know this culture and you know you're 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 feeding into this this that there's no diversity and all this and they're just really tearing it apart and all and I'm like this had nothing to do with that. This was out before that ever happened. They, the two are not tied together at all. You know, don't don't yeah. try and throw this on someone that three years later some shit happens that he had nothing to do with, and now all of a sudden you're gonna say, oh well, he's feeding into it. It's yeah. like ah, fuck it always people. sucks because because I think these these causes these you know cause for diversity they come from a good place, and then and then you're right. Some people that are toxic get a hold of it and start just perverting what it's all about and then it becomes something that that people turn away from because it's no longer it's no longer about what it's about it's instead it's about you know throwing something under the bus and and pointing fingers and toxic on both sides yeah you know it's it like there's nothing wrong with diversity and 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 but to force it on someone and to say that you know you have to believe the way i believe otherwise you're you're the problem is just as bad as is the other side saying you know you can't do this because you're that you you, you can't throw stones at anybody for any reason and expect them not to get defensive and throw back so you know you you, you there's no winners when when people are acting like that in, in in any way and that's what i i when i when i see some of these and i read read some of those and listen to some i was like ah, separate the two because they're not the same you know and they were saying that it was really bad for the it, the geek culture, which I didn't even think this was a geek culture, really. I thought it was, you know, this is a lot of people. You don't have to be a geek to like video games. You don't have to be a geek to like music and movies. And and they threw a lot of book authors' names in there, too. A lot of, like, I've got this. It's six pages of printed of all the references. Right? <laughs> wow. So, uh, this is, yeah, this is pop culture references in the novels. It just starts off with game references. There is, let's see, 43 different game references. Games <laughs> played in the simulation, there's one, two, three, four, nine. Computer, computer and video game consoles references, there's like 14. Uh, reference book covers, there's two. Movie references, oh, they didn't number them all, so it's not a quick easy. There's like 30 or so. I mean, it just goes... It, Oh, maybe maybe more than that. There's like, no, there's like 50 or 60 music references. There's got to be a 40 or so. Um, just and it it just keeps going on and on. And it, this is just the book, right? You know, you you and, mentioned you mentioned movie references, and I I I know 
part of this podcast was was trying to do a little flashback on war games, but we haven't really talked about that. <laughs> but, but I just gotta I gotta throw out you know how good that movie held up, watching it again uh, this last week, and how authentic it felt, and how good good the how how real it felt, and what a joy it was to watch that movie. I'm uh, and and how much I realized how how much I had an attraction to Ali Sheedy and especially, <laughs> especially her character and how she portrays that. She's kind of got that flirty style at the beginning, which is just... very different in this one than she gets later on. I mean, um, she's, well, she's not put... breakfast club, you know, if that's what you Yeah, mean. but that's what I mean. I mean, if you like the two characters side by side, like you almost don't even realize, I'm like, Oh, like, cause when I, I was like, Ali Sheedy, I'm like, Oh, that sounds familiar. I'm like, Oh, what else was she? And I was like, Oh, that's not who I thought she was at all. <laughs> Looking at her on the screen, I was uh, so. Um, yeah, no, that was great. Although watching this, um, having watched Ferris Bueller uh, <laughs> so many times, I could not stop seeing uh, Matthew Broderick as Ferris Bueller in this. Yeah, like, well, this was smile. before Ferris Bueller, so yeah. Uh, yeah, he was a little bit younger. Yeah, but he had that same kind of smile occasionally, and I was like, oh, he's a deviant little fuck. He well, I see Dabney Coleman, and I think of Nine to Five too. So it's like <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for Dolly Parton to pop out behind one of the computer <laughs> so, consoles, and <laughs> it was funny watching that too. Like all these actors, I'm like, oh my god, I've seen him in other stuff. I <laughs> so the main general, right? He's the he's the dark haired general. Um, you know, kind of the guy, he's like a four-star Air Force sure. general. Yeah. He was in the ranch okay. as, as the grumpy old neighbor. And he looks he looks similar, but he's so different. And I was like, I was looking, I'm like, God damn, what do I know him from? And it, when I realized, when I went and looked him up and I saw it, I was like, oh, it's the voice that gives it away. And because he still has the same voice and cadence and sounds a lot. And, and it just, it's so fucking funny. Well, they had, they, well, who was the, like the very beginning, they had two people the ones that were sitting, turn your key. You know, one of them was uh, oh. Madsen. The one, you know, he was in uh, uh, the Quentin Tarantino movie. A uh, couple <laughs> of them. Uh, the uh, uh, what's the Uma Thurman one where she's the ninja? <laughs> oh, um, you're talking uh, Kill Bill. Uh, Kill Bill. He was one of the. He was one of the crazy eights uh, that, mm-hmm. that she has to go go kill. He was also in. Uh, in uh, eight, um, the, the western that he did at the crap, I don't know, but but you know he was he was uh, it was he yeah, was hateful really eight. young. And, what? Hateful eight. Hateful eight. Yeah, Madsen. Madsen is his name. I can't Michael remember. Madsen. Michael Madsen. Yep. Yeah, he was in uh, War Games, and also the one he was opposite was someone who I know so well from uh, the uh, what's the West Wing the series. Um, uh, you're talking John Spencer. Yeah. Am I? Okay. Yeah. Yep. It was just neat seeing these characters that at the time. I'm not really movie. smart. I just pulled these up on IMDb. So okay. I'm not that good at all. Uh, I, I know how to operate you look it off screen, like it, but, but our audience doesn't quite know. They think you're just a uh, rain man here in disguise. Right. Well, that's, that's, that's my specialty. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. And, I just I do remember watching it um, and and enjoying it and then um, watching it again I was like I, I wasn't as like deep like following it like because oh, I knew what was happening so sure, it was yeah. it, it didn't hold up in that aspect that it kept my attention the entire time but you're right it did hold up as it it, it its story holds up 
if you just advance the technology, you could make that same movie today. Yeah, it's it's just it's fun, and and a lot the, a lot of the little clever tricks they use, the way he breaks yeah. out of the of the of the room, the way he makes the phone call, you know, all those little things. Right. It's like, oh my god, that's really inventive and clever, and and uh, and probably not quite true, but close enough to true that that it was effective in the movie, you know. Right. And I was kind of I was kind of surprised, you know, when they talked about the, you know, this was supposed to be holidays, one of his favorite movies and stuff like that. Of all the movies that are out there, I was kind of surprised at this one. But I like the fact that they they didn't they didn't pinpoint into one genre. They really spread it out over a whole bunch of things like, you know, he was into into war games. And then he maybe was he just had in, a thing for Ali Sheedy, like like me. You know. What could be, you know, <laughs> you're not you're not wrong. Uh, it and that could be that could be it exactly. Um, I thought I thought it was a really a really good um, call. Like the the movie references were like I said uh, I didn't even get to that page. Uh, but so the literal literal references literary uh, literary. Yeah, it's spelled weird in here. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean there's there's like forty different authors that were called out during this you know in different things. And, uh, you know, and a lot of them I know the names of, of just, you know, some of these huge things. I mean, there was like 14 different, 15 different just TV shows. I remember them talking about uh, Family Ties a couple different times. I oh, that right, was, right. You know, yeah, Max sit- Headroom. Yeah, sitcoms were, yeah. were a big part of it. Yeah. yeah. So I, it was just, it, it was such a cool, cool thing that you, you don't even have to get all of them to, to get it in, in, because of the way he gives them to you. And, uh, and I know that's, that's one of the things that people bashed on the book about was the writing was not was not a, a, a literal you know great masterpiece book it wasn't written it didn't have the deepest character like the, I thought it had some decent character development but it wasn't like this masterful character development but what it I don't think he was going for that I think what he was trying to do is he wrote a story around all the stuff he wanted to talk about that said hey remember this stuff that was pretty cool <laughs> well it's a great premise too i mean this idea of easter eggs and quest and and you mm-hmm. know, this virtual reality so it's a it's a someone who's part of that that culture that, that you know that's our fantasy that's our you know right. growing up you wanted to have the secret world in your backyard that you could oh, tap into right. <laughs> and, and now now you know in a sex after you know this last week I was going through and putting together a Christmas list of, of things I wanted. I was debating what, what, one of the Oculus VR headsets because of oh. this, watching this movie. And I, I, I finally turned away going, no, my God, I get too, I'll, I'll get a little too uh, caught up in that because my brother-in-law has some VR stuff and oh. I've played it before and it is so amazing that I, I'm almost afraid to have my own because I'd get, I'd probably get trapped in that world myself. You know? uh, <laughs> well, what would you? What, I mean, what would your avatar look like? That's what I want to know. I don't know. You know, I was, I was, we were talking. My wife and I were talking a little bit about the the beginning of the book, how it talks about the whole school, the virtual school, mm-hmm. and how that. You know, she's sitting here, you know, twenty feet from me, teaching every day. Right. Her, and and wouldn't that be? crazy if you know if they were able to elevate that to a vr reality and and I how mean, much more exciting that would all be. we're missing right now is the <laughs> vr part of it that i know if, if, if we could you know if we can get uh, <laughs> bill gates to uh, sponsor everyone every student having a vr headset so we can, <laughs> <laughs> well, they were talking like that they were, i was reading something about him about the author uh got um some i can't remember what it was but a, a software company actually got with him you might oculus 
they actually got with him afterwards and gave him some um, work to. Uh, you talking the author? Game. The who? Yeah, time? yeah. Uh, Klein. He actually got some um, work from a from a company that has that does VR stuff. That's cool. I mean, this was his first book, so. You know, he's yeah, not... this was after. I think this was after the movie came out, though, that he actually ended up getting. And when you said Oculus, it made me think of that. Uh, I think that's to... well, that's the VR headset. Um... Um, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to. Th it might be that company. I was. I was trying to find it in here. Um... And there's the Oculus Quest Two, and you know, which is an, which is a standalone headset that's available now. And one of the criticisms people have with it is you have to have a Facebook account in order to, to use it, <laughs> which, which, uh, I can understand that being a little, uh, uh right. You know, uh, uh, unnerving that you have to sign in with your Facebook account in order to, uh, to connect to this yeah, not, universe. It's like, I'm not finding it right now. I read it earlier that, yeah, he actually got some, uh, endorsements with a company to, to build like VR games or, or adventures. Um, I think there was like four of them and I thought that was, I mean, that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> have you ever just, done any I mean, VR stuff? No, I have not. We, uh, one of my kids got one for Christmas, like a cheap one. Uh huh. And it was one of those ones. I think you just, you set your phone in it or something like sure. that. And, um, but no, I have not done one. We've done, I've done ones where you, you look at the TV and you have handheld things that you're moving sure. around. So your oh body's moving, but. You, you you would be I I was so shocked how transportive it was how much I felt like I was no longer where I was but instead I was in this world you know you, you think oh you've got plenty of space but you start moving around and then you suddenly hit something and yeah it's really unnerving and jarring and surprising how disconnected from reality you can get when you're connected to one of these things but it can be oh man I, I'm just terrified how addictive it can be if I had one so <laughs> well, I saw a game that I know I could never play in the VR and it's one of those zombie um, like first shooter attack yeah. games and it's a VR thing and I was like no I would end up ripping that fucking thing off my head and hurt yeah, myself because I don't I... care for the, the 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 battle ones I like the ones where it's more you're having to solve a, a puzzle around you you're having to disarm something or or there's a lot of uh, height you know where you're like up high and you're looking out over this world See, that wouldn't bother you're, me you're standing oh but you'd be surprised if you have any sort of issue with heights I don't you, okay then you would look well so you, I mean, in the Coast Guard, I climbed a hundred and six or six hundred and fifty foot tower, and was it's literally about three feet. Across. And did you get a rush of of excitement? Yeah, I loved, I loved it. Then then you'll still get that even if it's in yeah. a VR world. It won't you won't get the wind or, or you know anything like that. But it's surprising how the perspective and just the the point of view, the 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 immersive point of view yeah. can just overtake and you, the way you look around and everything yeah. just adapts. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I could I could see myself doing some of the combat ones. Like I would love to see like a, a first person shooter that's more like war based. Yeah. But you throw zombies and shit in there? No, I I ain't with <laughs> the zombies. I, I'm, that's not me. We got the I mean, lightsaber ones where you can you, you, you battle. Uh, you know those. Like are... I could do that. That that would probably be a good weight loss program for me because I would get into that and I'd move around. I know when we had um, it was one of those dance games and we were doing those. Boy, I would sweat up a storm and like be sore <laughs> the next day. Nice. Um, so yeah, I, I could see that being cool, but 
Yeah, there's some ones I, w- I would want to mess with. What are, What are your hopes for the new book coming out next week? Any? Uh... So, it it I I read a, a quick little like two sentence kind of blurb on it, and it's it's supposed to be right after they won, you know, like soon after, like you know, something maybe days new is uncovered or something. Yeah, that where he uncovers another secret uh, challenge thing from inside uh, Holiday something that will change the way it's just forever. So um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, it's another, I like the idea that, you know, he, it's, a, it's a race against time and it's a race against other people um, trying to figure these out. So there's that, that tension. Um, I'd like to see some more development of the characters. And, and one of the things that I know, and this is, this is, uh, you know, we did, I would like to see some of the, the, the viewpoints change, like, you know, like a multiple viewpoint change. Like, so say we have the same four characters left, right? You have Artemis, uh, H and, um, uh, Shido, uh, coming with them. Um, I'd like to see like maybe them all going after a challenge and how they, you know, like a, each chapter, like one chapter, one chapter, one chapter, you know, switching perspectives. Oh, yeah. How, I would love to see that so that you see a kind of a different idea. And, and like that's like they things. did in that one episode of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on the yes. train. <laughs> yeah, you know, so you kind of get a different um, mindset and a different vision in, in going in. I think that would be really cool. Um, that's something one of the, you know, the, some of the people talked about the the, the downside of the book is, is that they, you know, they're more into, they want to, they want, they wanted Artemis to win or H to win for whatever reason, you know, they were more into them. And then it's like, yeah, I, w- I, I could see this as, you know, and maybe there's some fan fiction out there or like, write, write the, rewrite the book, you know, don't change anything, but write the book from Artemis's perspective. What was she doing the six months where, where Wade was, you know, doing his doll and getting locked up and all his other things, you know, what was she doing to figure out, you know, didn't they do that it. for Twilight? Didn't they like did, after no after idea. after the four books came out? Didn't uh, the author go back and do rewrite the original from Edward's point of view? Oh, wasn't that just released or something? Well, I, think, I don't know. A couple. Of years I don't know. Ago. I I've never read. <laughs> You're uh, tapping into I, the uh, the Twilight culture there. Good job. I never I, I never <laughs> did. Um, although I w- I was very adamant. I was uh, Team Jacob. Just because okay. werewolves are better than vampires, gotcha. um, so that's about as far as I got into it. <laughs> yeah, no, I I watched the first movie and never read any of them, and didn't even watch the rest of the movies. I was like, this is horrible. Um, this, <laughs> I, it, it wasn't for me. I won't I won't say it was horrible because I know there's tons of people, even my daughters, uh, that enjoyed it. And really, there's nothing terrible out there as long as you enjoy it, unless it's I mean unless you're really talking about some horrible shit that people enjoy um, <laughs> then then we have a problem <laughs> yeah no what i mean not by horrible by the the process of it but what they're doing is horrible you know that that's the problem like but if you enjoy whatever it is you're reading no one can tell you it's bad because it's your perspective so if you enjoy twilight that's that's on you and I, and more power to you but i never i never read any of those so I, I i read the first book and I, I which to me, I, I enjoyed the buildup. And, t- and once they kind of got past their, you know, where they became an item, then to me, it got boring. And, and, same, <laughs> and same with Fifty Shades of Grey. I liked the buildup there, which was, I think, Fifty Shades of Grey was, was fan fiction of Twilight that they just adapted. That's, I, did, I did, re- I did yeah. find that out just recently yeah. uh, in my reading of stuff because uh, there was a lot of... Um, uh, 
oh god i can't think of the word where they where the the authors of twilight and 50 shades of gray went through a lot of the same things where people were criticizing it for a lot of things like that where they were just fucking bashing on them much like what came out later uh, against klein and stuff like that and so they were tying you know kind of saying how they went through the same stuff not inclined didn't nearly go through as bad as some of the stuff that apparently happened to the other two authors mm -hmm. as far as you know the fan bashing and things like that which you know like i said if, if you read something and you don't like it that's fine but you don't have to go shitting on someone else's you know don't yuck someone else's yum there's no reason <laughs> for it my wife it, loves that sort of uh you know uh Th those sort of books the you know the the romantic ma ma romantic stuff that that you know i kind of gag a little bit at but but when it comes to a movie you know i'd love to go see it with her not not necessarily because i'm going to enjoy the movie but because it you know we we can connect over over a, you know I, maybe i, I read the benefits I like, or something i don't know. <laughs> i like a lot of the books i'm not into the you know i don't need a romantic relationship in any of the books i like the fantasy you know I, yeah i you know, I could read stuff about werewolves and, and, and vampires. I just don't need the romance in it. It's like, you know, that's just not for me. I, I like the, I like the battling stuff. You know, one of my favorite <laughs> books is in, in series is one called uh, Monster Hunter International. And uh, so that's one where it's, it's a group of people. It's a guy and uh, he's kind of runs a team and they go out and they fight these things. And it's, it, to me, I love it. So. All right. Well, I think we kind of beat this one up a lot. Um, I think this was a, this was fun. We you know we had a lot of different perspectives in this podcast where we talked about a movie, a book, a new book coming out, and a, and a right. flashback movie too, all kind of tied into one, which which uh, which which is just a, a cool perspective. I think that Pat right, real quick you know, nod to both of us for for bringing that I to mean, our audience. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, I was just gonna say. If you had to pick, I mean, I know you didn't you didn't listen to the book again, but out of your memory, what was if you can just pick one part of it, what was the favorite? And it doesn't have to be like a this is my like I love the Pac-Man game or just what what out of it do you what what resonates the most with you, I think? Okay. Um What you you talk because I got to I don't want to jump. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, you gotta I got to think about it cuz cuz I know there was probably a reference that 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 really got me excited go ahead yeah so i i think probably to me um and it's funny because i'm not um i'm really not a huge i'm not this great big star wars guy but something about the fact that he had an x-wing <laughs> brought me back to when i was a kid one of my first like vehicle toys like that i remember just just losing my shit over was i got an x-wing fighter uh for my birthday like my seventh birthday or eighth birthday and uh, it was just one of those things is I just remember that it was like, if I ever got to pick a spacecraft that I got to fly around in, I wanted an X-Wing more than a, even more than the Millennium Falcon, believe it or not. Now, if I had to live in it, yeah, I want the Millennium Falcon because that's, you know, it's a bigger ship and all that. But just to just to be in one and fly one and stuff, right. I wanted an X-Wing so bad. So when he actually said that he had an X-Wing, I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, so that, you know, you know, thinking back, I'm looking back on, on my notes here and the, what really stands out and we talked about it a little bit already was, which is why I actually went back to play it this last week was Zork. Oh, to Zork. me, <laughs> to me, that was just so exciting to see that reference and to see how he wrote about it and kind of immersed himself in this tech space world 
in in, right. a, in a but in a virtual reality the way that that all worked it just and and to catch all the 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 references to how it was laid out you know this adaptation of a of a I, well, you know, when I was in high school, I wrote a program. I had a Pascal class, which is a programming language that I studied in, in high school. So that was back in, in 1986. I don't you know. And I got over, over the summer after I finished the class, I had the, I had the, the course um, and, and I had the Pascal programming language. I wrote my own game. Where I used, um, I, I remember you telling me about yeah, that before. Yeah, and I had uh, like thousands of lines of code, I, and I remember <laughs> it was on a it was on a five and a quarter inch floppy, you know that you know, and and it would actually I actually got it to run, which I don't know, I mean that's where where it would it would execute and it wouldn't have any errors, and and you could it was a walkthrough text based game like this, like Zork. But I tried to put some graphics in there too, which were all like ASCII graphics. Every once in a while, a picture would come up, and I tried to develop a fighting. You know, where it was a, <laughs> it was a, it was like a dungeon you were going into, and you can go into a bunch of rooms, and it was a maze, and you could get the sword, and you could battle the dragon, and, and do these things, and it was it was really tough to try to cross-reference everything because if you went in this room and you got the sword, and then you went in this room and you fought the dragon, you had the sword, but if you didn't get the sword earlier. You know, you have to make sure yeah. all this stuff lines up and then how to battle. I created this random generation that, you know, <laughs> for battling, but it was based on what skills you had adapted, but it was still tied to uh, also a certain, you know, it was so, so to me, seeing that uh, in the book kind of brought back those memories as well as, as well as just my own memories of playing Zork and Pirate's Cove. Well, and, I mean, you <laughs> so. mentioned it, like you, you, you even said like, Oh, I remember having to crawl through the window. And I, <laughs> I remember distinctly, he talks about that. Like, you know, it says you're on the West side of the building. It's like, Oh, I remember you got to go around to the other side and crawl through the window. Yeah. That's part of the book. And I was like, <laughs> when you said it, I was like, Oh shit, that's actually the play. I was like, damn, I, I remember having Zork vaguely but i don't remember deeply playing i well I like you, you try to drink the water and it says well you don't have any water in your hand okay get water <laughs> you know that right it, it's frustrating sometimes but but that's sometimes the way it was written you know well, i remember having the commodore 64 i, I remember like when my big uh, my 64. big step up is i got the cassette player yeah <laughs> instead of just a floppy disk i was like oh yeah i'm that guy i got that <laughs> and then my buddy got he actually had the phone dial in which we saw in war games in war games right? oh gosh i know you put the phone's hand, yeah. headset on the on the thing and i was like i remember doing that and i was like god damn man that's, I, that's we up fun. yeah we at one point upgraded in the late 80s to a a, a compact computer which had dual floppy disks this was this was like an ibm style oh, look at you pinky out i know well no and i remember my dad dialing into our bank to his bank bank of oh. america this was you know late 80s doing this sort of stuff or maybe mid eight I, couldn't have been mid eight well i don't know but but it was like what are you doing uh, oh i'm dialing into the late bank 90s or early, late 80s i was remember when my buddy was dialing with yeah with this his, wasn't so. you know and this was just where you plug in the the uh the uh, RJ11 phone cord into the back of the computer. You're not actually putting the phone like they do on in war games, but uh, but hey, oh no, yeah. but that's that's actually what my buddy no, had because I, I was I like, oh damn. And in war games where he's just like dialing all the numbers with the same prefix and 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 right. just and that's how he stumbles across. It, it's great. It's great. <laughs> yeah. All right. So from the movie though, 
Okay, so we, we covered the book a little bit. Zork was from, so from the movie, what, what do you think, uh, if you had to pick one spot in the movie, what do you think your, your, the spot was it? Or what was it in the movie that, made, that really made you enjoy it? I loved, and, and this is something that we disagree on, but I loved when he solved the, 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 the riddle of the, of the, uh, ch the car sequence, you the know, the, the big, uh, the big race where, and then he goes backwards and you see the whole thing from underground. I thought that was brilliant and it was completely invented for the, for the movie. But to me, it was so cinematic, especially after they went through the whole race and you see it from above. And then now he's underneath. It just, it was I thought it was so effective and uh yeah that's that was that was my highlight yeah i actually enjoyed the dance uh at the dance club yeah okay um, and i think it was because it was one of the closest things to the movies that really hit and um it was a scene i enjoyed in the book too where they where they were floating in the middle and, and in the book they really get close to describe they describe how the everybody's walking around and, and everything on the outside is is gravity but when you go into the middle it's not in in the dj can start spinning everybody in different ways and stuff like that and so i, I just thought that was kind of cool that and then he whips out his bg staying alive and start well yeah <laughs> yeah yeah he brings up the program well in the book it was it was uh something travolta and then and then in the, in the movie he does the bgs and he does the uh they do the dance dance revolution in the in the movie he follows her um in the in the or in the book he follows her in the movie she follows him which i yeah, it, is it was a little it reminiscent to the Matrix too, where he could just kind of like, you know, you know, tap into it, how to fly yeah. a helicopter. You know, <laughs> you know, I know yeah. kung fu. You know, that was kind of what exactly. he did. He was like, he injected himself with a with a Travolta uh, dance moves injection. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, and I did like they had a Ferris Bueller's Day Off uh, quote in the in the movie where he says, "The meat get pinched and the bold survive, and only the bold survive." And I was like, ah, as soon as he said, I was like, ah. Ferris, um, which is, I, you know, I, we, he, they mentioned some of those movies, you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and, you know, Pretty in Pink and then Breakfast Club and things like that. Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is one of those ones that I watched so many times as a kid. Yeah. Like, I literally wanted to to be Ferris, essentially. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted the keyboard so I could do the, the, the throw up song and, you know, the fart <laughs> and all that. Uh, it's like, I, I wanted all that. I wanted shirts that said, Save Noah. <laughs> <laughs> so all right cool well i think we've covered a lot of this um unless there's anything else you got left to say no i'm um, good yeah i i recommend this you know i recommend this to anybody um i would i personally would say read or listen to the book I, and and this is one that i would i would almost recommend listening to over reading even if you are someone that's an avid reader just because of how well will wheaton does does this book and adds adds to the flavor of it it just it seems so much seems so much better with him reading it to you know as, as an audiobook uh, for some reason i i, I agree it's uh, it's coming out what on tuesday uh and i'm doing a, a long yeah, drive on on thanksgiving where i'm driving driving down <laughs> to southern california so i'm debating whether or not i should pick up this book and listen to it on the way <laughs> oh i i'm going to uh i've uh, i've got credits on my audible so I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna cash one in and i'll be listening to it as soon as it comes out uh thank god we don't we're not deep into uh agents of shield anymore and i'm listening to more podcasts on that one so. well sometimes you know at some point soon <laughs> we should do a we should do a uh a, a review of of uh, ready, ready player, player two. two yeah 
yeah yeah yeah definitely that would be good okay well i think we've uh we've exhausted this one um good movie or good book okay movie <laughs> um in my mind i'm gonna actually say i think it was a great book um but i could see it has a target audience like i don't think my kids would enjoy it because they won't get the references sure i think that's fair um, i think that's fair yeah uh my dad would enjoy it because he'll get the references um, he may not enjoy it as much because he wasn't as deep into the video game aspect of it. But, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's definitely for people that are, I would say, essentially between 40 and 60 right now, that 20-year range. <laughs> the, the movie tr probably tried to cater to a larger audience, and that's why it's a little bit more saturated. Well, and it catered, it catered to a younger audience. Yeah. Because most of the video, most of the, it was mostly video game references. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the video games are more current, so yeah. um, I think it's more to that. It, it definitely dropped the age age range quite a bit, and maybe that's why I didn't enjoy it as much, is because it, it it went away from some of the stuff that I wanted to see and gave me some of the stuff that I didn't know what the fuck they yeah, were. Yeah, maybe that was a choice why they went a little bit more campy and cartoonish. I think the, they did. The real world. Uh, well, yeah, I, I think they went for a younger audience yeah. for sure. Yeah, too bad. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's how we seize it for uh, Ready Player One. Um, let us know how, how you seize it. You can email us at the.hwsi.podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> and you can find us on the internet at hwsi.podbean.com. <laughs> yep. Uh, if you uh, happen to uh, listen to us on Apple or have access to Apple Podcasts, please rate, root, rate review and subscribe it really helps us out uh gets us out there so maybe even more people will find us and listen to us um or if you have any other uh, podcast apps that you listen to same thing i think that's it are you doing a uh, a tasting on friday at uh so it's sunday, sunday and okay. um i still have to talk to the others because i know you were not going to be there yeah, so i won't I be able find to do out it, what but... they want to do um I'm I'm almost hesitant to do it without you just because this is our podcast and and I don't want to go down that road um, necessarily and I don't know um, you know I know uh, you're a big part of it so if you're not there that means I got to carry that much more of a load and, and so um, <laughs> well it's it's uh, you know it's it's okay I, you're not going to offend me if you, if you do it but we, that, we might just... still go but I don't know if we'll I don't know if we'll uh, do a pod on it okay. So. Okay, we, well we then wait until you we'll prob uh, we probably won't do one next week because of Thanksgiving. So our next correct. one l likely, you know, you guys might do that one on Sunday and then uh and then we'll return the following week with uh our Marvel uh, yeah, MCU, we're gonna hit our, uh, MCU um, uh, part 5 or 4 or 5. It'll be part 5 and it'll be the two Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. movies. Yeah, nice. So I'm looking forward to that too because I really like those movies. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Those are fun ones. Awesome. All right, well, that's it for us tonight, so see ya. Good night, everyone.